One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana. The host asked me if I had a nickname. Said my friends called me the Dirtbag King. She said on the air I started giggling. Hasn't had me back, but now I've got this podcast. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, Dirtbags, thank you so much for tuning into a Dirtbags Guide to Life on the Road. This is your host, Charles Ellsworth, and as usual, I'm so happy to have you here. We've got a great episode this week. It's a conversation with an old friend of mine, Columbia Jones. I've known Columbia for over a decade now. Uh, the first time I met him, I want to say it was at Urban Lounge, and I had just played a show. My new, my new, my first record had just come out, Charles Ellsworth and the Dirty 30, and he said some really nice things to me about that record, and his name stuck in my head, Columbia, and then I, I remember meeting him again when he was playing drums for the June Brothers, and we've just kind of known each other for a long time now. We've played in similar circles. Eventually, he became an artist on Burrow Baracho Records. Mark Ricks, my partner in Burrow Baracho, has worked with Columbia for a long time now. They've booked tours together. They've been on tour together. All sorts of things. Columbia's been on tour with me playing bass in my band. Uh, We just got a lot of history and it was really cool having a conversation with him about where he's at and how things have changed for him post-pandemic and all these things. He's a very hard-working, blue-collar musician, working class. He's been working at it for a long time and he's always on tour, always playing shows and supporting his family. And it's always been something I've been very impressed with. He's got a really insane work ethic, and he's at a transitional place in his life right now. So we talk a little bit about that and where he's at and how his situation is changing, how he's approaching music, and how he's excited for this new approach. Before we get to that conversation, I want to say if you like the podcast, you like my music, and you want to support it, the best way for you to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash Charles Ellsworth and sign up for as little as $3 a month to become a patron of mine. And for those of you that don't know what Patreon is, Patreon's a way for you to support artists or causes that you think are important and you think deserve your financial backing. And so Patreon allows me to kind of fill in the gaps between tours or between gigs. You know, I don't have like a regular job and I really never have had like a nine to five job with benefits or paid vacation, anything like that. It's always been trying to figure things out from job to job, tour to tour, things like that. And Patreon is just a really nice way for me to be able to fill in those gaps. And so I know $3 a month doesn't sound like a lot to you, but it makes a huge difference for me. And then you get access to all this exclusive content as well as a more detailed look at what it's like to be me while also supporting the show and supporting my music. So patreon.com forward slash Charles Ellsworth is the best way for you to support me and the podcast. Go check it out. I'm sure you'll find something there that you like. If right now money's really tight and you can't make $3 a month happen, don't worry. I totally understand. I've been there before, but there's ways you can support me without having to spend any money at all. The first way is to make sure that you have subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on. Second, make sure you leave us a review and a rating in the Apple Podcast app. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but honestly, it makes a huge difference for getting the podcast out to more and more people. I've been watching our listenership grow steadily. All the new listeners, hey, I see you. Thank you so much for listening. It's been really cool to watch it steadily grow over the past few months, and I'd love to see it grow more and more. Leave us a rating and a review in the Apple Podcast app. And please, if you like the podcast, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it as well. If everyone listening to the podcast right now would share it with just one friend or family member this week, it would mean so much. So please, just share it with someone that you like, whether it's this episode with Columbia or an old one like the one with Joe Reinhardt or last week's with Toby. If you enjoy this show, you have friends or family members that are going to enjoy it. And word of mouth is still the best way for us to get out to more and more people. I'd love to see the listenership continue to grow and every little bit 
helps. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for leaving us ratings, reviews, all of those things. We've got some very exciting things planned for the rest of the year. I'm, I'm so stoked about the guests that we have lined up and, and the different things that we're working on. It's, it's pretty cool. So please make sure you're subscribed so you know when these things happen. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram, charles.smellsworth, so you can see what I'm up to when new episodes drop and awesome videos of my cute dog, Banjo. Last but not least, if you'd like to see me playing my songs live in the coming months, I've got some great news for you. I'm going to be on the road a lot, and so there's plenty of opportunities for you to see me. First, tonight, the night that this episode drops, I'm playing in Brooklyn, New York at Lohi for Charles and Carl's Rooftop Hootenanny with our friend Boris Pellick. We're playing the first of a new monthly show Charles and Carl's Rooftop Hootenanny. Come out, it's free. It's a $10 suggested donation, but if you can't do that, just make sure you tip your bartenders and you have a good time. I'd love to see you. It would be very, very cool if you'd come out. We're gonna be doing these once a month, but we need to make sure people come out. Otherwise, we're not gonna be able to do them anymore. So please come through. After that, I'll be on tour. I'll be in Cleveland, Ohio at Coda on 223. 224, I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri at the Heavy Anchor. 225, Tulsa, Oklahoma, supporting Corey Brandon at Mercury Lounge. 228, San Antonio at 502 Bar. 31, El Paso, The Nature House with Colt Loveless. 32, Sholo, Arizona at the Dupiers with Warranty, Jesse Valencia, and fill the band if you want the address it's a house show hit me up or hit up fill the band they'll let you know three three i'm in phoenix arizona at last exit live with the haymarket squares that show's gonna be fucking sick it's possibly gonna sell out so make sure you get your tickets early three four tucson arizona at groundworks also with the haymarket squares gonna be great a couple local bands on that show oh the one in phoenix we're playing with the sun punchers who are awesome if you're in phoenix you need to get tickets to that show right now make sure you're there last exit live march 3rd march 4th tucson arizona groundworks march 5th yuma arizona at red moon ale house march 6th escondido california at jacked up brewery march 8th i'm in san francisco at amato's march 10th portland oregon mississippi pizza the atlantis lounge march 14th missoula montana sweet 2 March 16th, Bozeman, Montana at Bozeman Hot Springs. March 18th, Salt Lake City, Utah at the DLC at Quarters Arcade Bar. March 19th, Denver, Colorado. I guess technically we're in Inglewood, Colorado, but we're at the Inglewood Tavern, March 19th. And then there's more coming up. Check out the rest of the dates as they get posted on my Spotify, Songkick, Bands in Town. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, charles.smellsworth, so you know when new shows get announced. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Check us out on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram. All of those things. Check out my music, Spotify. All the different places you listen to music, just type in Charles Ellsworth and give it a listen. Be more familiar with my catalog if you aren't already. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Columbia, for coming on. I hope you all enjoy this conversation that I have with my buddy, Columbia Jones. Thank you so much, Columbia, for coming on the podcast. Welcome to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. Uh, it's it's about time that we had you on here. Um, long time coming. Uh, how you doing? How's your week been? I guess today's Monday, so start of the week. How's it been? <laughs> uh, it's been all right. I don't know. I've been better. Yeah. But <laughs> want to talk about it? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then that's a I loaded question, but it's fine. It, this is a great thing to let's just talk about music because I love music. Cool. Well, yeah, I won't. I won't pry too much, but you know, sometimes podcasts are a great place to just talk about whatever. So, um, but yeah, I want to start off uh, by saying you know i've known you for a while now we've probably almost 10 years something like that uh mm. i feel like i met you shortly after my dirty 30 record came out you came yeah. out to a show of mine and said some really nice things to me and and i i remember that uh i can't remember where it was 
I think it was Urban Lounge. Oh, was it at Urban Lounge? Okay. For some reason, I thought it was somewhere else, some like dive bar, but Urban Lounge makes sense. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's it's nice to have you on the podcast. What? Um, let's start off. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and and what your name is, and and uh, you know maybe in the reverse order. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Columbia Jones. I've also got a band called Columbia Jones and the Harpoons. Um, but um, so I grew up in Maine. Uh, my parents were both, my dad was a music teacher, a failed music teacher. And uh, a failed music teacher? Yeah, he was a failed music teacher. Yeah. Did he just not, not like it or? Um, if you ever met my dad, you'd know he uh, is a very special person. He's probably autistic. Okay. So he is not a people person. So he got his degree in music, started teaching in a small town in Idaho, and didn't last the year. So that was my dad's bout with music. Okay. Um, and I I realized later in life that that like talking to him about that like really sunk in, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Screw that. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be that guy who picks up a guitar when he's 18 to get a couple chicks and then like leaves in a closet for 10 years, you know? Uh-huh. So um, I left Maine when I was about 22, moved to Utah, and uh, I've been sloughing it for about 10 years now. Uh-huh. So, yeah, about a little over 10 years at this point trying to trying to make it as a musician. Well, it's uh, okay. Well, let's uh, take it back and... Um... <laughs> And not skip all the way to the very be- the very end. Uh, but so you said you mentioned you moved from Maine. Is that so you grew up there? Were you born in Maine? Yeah. Uh, well, so I was actually born in that small town in Idaho, but we moved out to Maine a couple years later. Okay. So yeah, grew up in Maine, spent all of my life until about 22. In which part of Maine were you? Like Portland? Uh, so the southern tip, uh, I grew up like right across the border from New Hampshire. Okay. The southern tip, yeah. But gotcha. nothing's very far from Portland. Like most people live within like a couple hours of Portland. Everyone yeah, because the northern part is pretty pretty remote. Oh yeah, super like super remote. Wild. Uh, I've never been to Maine. I still really want to go. It's like one of three states I still have to mark off the the list. Yeah, you I mean you can play? They've got places to play. I've played there. Yeah, I need Nothing to huge. email more places because I've emailed a few places and just never heard back. And then usually I just kind of get bummed and I'm like, ah, fuck Maine. I'm not going there. <laughs> but I really want to go. Right now. Uh, <laughs> so I feel yeah. with booking in general right now. I'm just like, screw everyone. Yeah, booking shows is is rough. Uh, it's <sighs> I got a tour coming up that um, that, yeah, there's still like it'll be fine but it was supposed to be a full band tour and and now we're gonna do it as a mostly solo tour they'll they'll do like a week with me but uh yeah it's just like booking shows is fucking hard when you don't have a um you don't have a following yeah or like a a label or a label or yeah yeah or like well they're like here we'll give you 200 bucks and you'll open for this huge band for the next six months you're like yeah that sounds good to me yeah like totally can't do that Um, no it can't uh it's uh but you know, um, so anyway, sorry. I want to go back to to Maine. You, you grew <laughs> up in grew up in Maine, and uh, um, what what was life like as a kid? What was your childhood like? You have many siblings. What, what's fill me in a little bit? Uh, I got an uh, older brother, older sister, and a younger brother. Uh huh. Um, we were we were quite poor growing up. 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, we were pretty poor growing up. I, uh, we, we all started playing in a family van when we were like super young, and that's kind of what got us into it. My mom also played piano, plays piano. She uh-huh. actually taught herself as well. And cool. uh, she actually wrote songs, I think, when she was a kid too. She even wrote songs, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And they're probably yeah. terrible, but like the fact that she decided to write songs is pretty cool. Like, definitely. Yeah, people don't do that. Um, but I was like the one that really stuck with music for the most part. Um, my sister, she's actually still a miracle. She's she's a ballerina dancer in San Francisco still. So wow. I don't know how she's doing that. Very cool. Yeah. And then my brother is a videographer. Um, he's freelance right now, but he worked for like JetBlue for a while. And he's done mm-hmm. some of my videos in the past. Now yeah. he charges me too much money. So yeah, that's how it goes. They suck you in with the good prices and then they yeah. and they charge you too much money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, well, well, yeah. that's cool. So like, um, sounds like it was a pretty musical family growing up and um, pretty creative. You know, your brother's in video, your sister's a ballet dancer. It's like ballet is like that weird combination of like physical and creative and uh, disciplined. And it's, it's like a very impressive thing to be able to do. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what's, so you said you started a family band super young. What, what did that look like? Like what instruments were you playing? What were you playing gigs? Were you, you know, what did it look like? Well, he played like one gig for my mom. She was like a teacher at a school. So we played like one gig for the kids. Uh-huh. And like, I think we did a couple of small, like get togethers, maybe with the church. I don't know, but um, it was, it was pretty bad. We played some pretty terrible music. Uh-huh. Um, pretty like I mean, we were just bad we were just bad like and I have uh, fond memories I played usually I started on like the little electric drum kit which is what got me into drums but um because that was like this little like four pad thing like legit it was just like four pads and it was okay. like and a do do cut do do cut like so I was a drummer for the most part and I just have fond memories of like playing and my brother and my sister screaming about which songs to play. And then like tremendous amounts of feedback because we had no idea how to like situate any of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. So it was fun, but it wasn't very productive. So, yeah. Was it were your parents in, in the band at all or was it just you and your oh, yeah. siblings? Yeah, my dad played bass. My mom played piano and she'd sing. And then um, I played the drums and my brother tried to play guitar and um yeah, it was it was embarrassing, but <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that where you got a taste for performing? Is that is that did you do you remember specifically liking it or did you dislike it? Um, do you have many memories of, of how you felt about it? I liked it. I was in that point of my life younger, so I didn't really know what like embarrassment was, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I dug it. Um, I think I'm trying to think when I started liking performing. That's a really tough question because I used to be pretty uncomfortable on stage. Even, I don't know, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, I was kind of uncomfortable. Mostly mm-hmm. like when I came out from the drum kit, I was like, this is weird. Yeah. So, but I've played so many gigs now. I just don't even like blink. Like people will be like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, wait, what's nervous feel like? Like, I don't even care at this point. Like, yeah, it just feels like another day at the office because it kind of is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and I, like, yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. Like I was in musicals in high school um, and like I played trumpet and uh, baritone horn in high school bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just, uh, for me, especially what gravitated me towards like art and music was that um, I was really shy, didn't have a lot of confidence. 
uh-huh. and it was something I could do to express myself. So, but I couldn't totally. do it any other way, really. Uh, no, that's really that's something that like uh, a lot of I think musicians kind of can relate to. Not not all of them, you know. Some people, it's like you mentioned earlier, the guy who you know learns a few songs to pr- impress a girl and then puts the guitar down forever. Um, you know, there's that, and then there's like the people who like aren't great at socializing or aren't good at talking to girls or, or the people they're attracted to. And, and so one way to like, to communicate that or to show, you know, I don't know, to be able to, you, you don't flirt, you just play guitar and people sometimes are like, Oh, that's, you know, they're into that. So um, I wish that also, happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I guess, I don't know, but I didn't meet my wife through like playing music really. So sometimes uh-huh. I wish I would have been on a stage and some girl been like, Ooh! Yeah, I mean, usually my <laughs> best relationships are uh, are from people who don't know me because of music. There's like this weird expectation yeah. ahead of time if they're like, if they meet you as, you know, because maybe they saw you play a, a really good gig and then they just imagine all of the gigs are like that. And it's like, well, no, most of them aren't like that, you know, yeah. and, and they have this like <laughs> idea of of like the size of, you know, for lack of a better term, celebrity you are or whatnot. And it's like, it's like you and I are both very much blue collar working class musicians that, you know, uh, are just kind of stitching it together paycheck to paycheck or gig to gig, you know? Um, yeah. But there is that facade that you kind of have to, or there's that mystery that sometimes people fill in the gaps and they think that you're, you're um, much more than you are, I guess. Yeah. I, I find when I talk to people about my, my, like that I'm a musician, I'm like constantly dancing between like, managing expectations but also being like but no i am really good you know it's like oh so if you like like toured the country well i have but i i didn't make a lot of money and i slept in my car and i didn't play any big venues yeah but i'm also really good i promise you they're like uh uh-huh, all right i'm like no i'm really good at what i do they're like uh-huh. so it's like this weird wrestle i'm sure you deal with that too totally yeah it's a um it's a weird thing that like uh you know a lot of people don't take it as seriously or they don't see it as like an actual job or career path until you're like making a bunch of money at it or whatnot like I was working a a gig on Saturday night you know I was just guitar teching for a bigger band and the sound guy at the venue was talking about like while we were doing sorry while we were doing uh sound check or like after sound check or something he was like my family still doesn't think i have a job like i have a real job and this is at like a big venue he's like i made like ninety thousand dollars last year and my, my family doesn't think i have a job you know and you're just like you're I'm like yeah that's kind of how it is because we we work in these weird in-betweens of of not like an actual show up clock in work clock out you know yeah i had a one thing that drives me crazy is like when you go on YouTube and like people, they people want to believe that like they're cool and they're unique. And like, so they'll comment on like bands pages and be like, man, this band deserves to blow up. And like, I saw that on like a post for like Manchester orchestra, you know, that band. Uh huh. Yeah. And like, not that they're huge, but I bet those guys make a good living. Yeah. That band blew up 15 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, these guys need to be bigger than they are. And I'm like, they're headlining like, Austin City Limits Fest. Like, I think they're big enough at this point, you know? 
And I think uh-huh, like totally. even then people are like, yeah, they need to be bigger. Like, no, they don't need to be bigger. There are plenty of great artists who could like that. That would just be a killer career. Like, yeah, I, I sure I actually Manchester Orchestra already did blow up, didn't they? Yeah. So even yeah. them, they're pretty huge. Totally. When it's like, I mean, yeah, there's the difference between Maroon 5 or a mm. band like that and Manchester Orchestra. And I'm like, I don't know the dudes from Manchester Orchestra. And, you know, it'd be great if they got even more famous or bigger than they are now. But mm. I also don't think they're really going for the Maroon 5 thing. You know, they haven't really been putting music out trying to to appeal to that crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think they're very aware of like who their audience is, what their sound is. And while they like every time they put out a new record, I'm always like impressed with like how it progresses and how it's um, just a different take on like their sound. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't think that, I think they're all probably pretty stoked on how their, their careers are going, you know? Oh yeah. If anything, maybe they don't want to get more famous because then that would change their life. So yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You know, some people just want all the fame. You That's never true. know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So you, you played in the band in high school and, uh, um, and you know, what did you do? I'm trying to think like what what did you when did you first start playing in like a rock and roll band? Uh in high school I played like in a progressive metal band. Oh cool. So I was the drummer. It was like dream theater kind of stuff. Gotcha. So pretty complex. I thought I was better than pretty much everyone. I was pretty <laughs> That's how people who play that type of music are. <laughs> yep. I was like, your song Especially are... when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was an idiot. Um I wasn't as bad as our guitarist though, but, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but man, that kind of music, I don't know. I, I started to realize that like, it was the, the emotional ones, emotional songs that got me. Like, it's super cool when they write a 12 minute song and it has this amazing flow to it and everything. But like a lot of times it was the shorter songs that made me go, this is a, this is a killer song. And then like, I slowly kind of got down from my high horse and, Uh discovered that and like it was like dream theater maybe most of your listeners don't know these bands but like it was like dream theater to like porcupine tree which is similar but like a little more songwriter and then it just kind of like slowly slid down eventually getting into like like pineapple thief was next and then like started to get down into singer songwriter stuff and then it was like in my early 20s that I finally was like, okay, this is, you know, country music or like alt country and like folk rock. And now I'm into the blues, but um, mm. that's kind of how I made that transition. And um, yeah, I didn't start playing guitar like live until for like, until I was like 20, I don't know, 23 or 24. So it was a uh-huh. minute before I actually started playing guitar and singing. Yeah, that's uh I mean, that's, I'm always impressed with people that make the jump from drums to guitar and singing. Cause they're like, I mean, you obviously benefit a lot playing guitar after having gotten really good at rhythm. You know, it's like, it's definitely a good thing to bring to the table, but it's just such a different experience. Like you said earlier, like being up front and like, you know, it, it, it's a, um, it must be a, like a, a wild transition. Yeah. I've, I've played like a couple of gigs where like I played guitar and then played drums and like, it's, I don't like it. It's a, it's weird. Cause uh-huh. one thing you're like swinging and hitting stuff. And the next thing you're like kind of hitting stuff, but not the same. And it just, you know, it, it's weird. I don't like it. So I don't want to do it. 
Yeah, I was trying to think. I was like, did you ever do that with me? But no, you played bass with me, and then yeah. you would open the show playing solo, and then you'd play bass with my band. Uh, that was really fun. We we did a fun little yeah. run doing that, uh, me, you, and Matt. Uh, that was a lot of fun, for sure. Um, what was the... The what was the spark that got you into like Americana, country singer songwriter type stuff? Hmm, that's a great question. I know I played drums for a band who did it, so I think maybe that was a big part of it. They were like, "Here's the artists, or here's here's our music. Here's the artists we're into. Here's the covers we're playing." Um, by that point, I was I was drum wise, I was definitely focusing more on the singer songwriter stuff. So, I mean, I think that got me deeper into it. I know I was like acoustic guitarist. I was like, oh, let me find songwriters for like covers. So I was, I was learning like Death Cab covers for like coffee shops and like City in Color. Uh-huh. Jeez, that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I guess it wasn't really until I, until I was playing drums for that band that I started to like really enjoy Americana music and like mm-hmm. really dig it. Because I don't know. I just, I still like Americana music a lot. I like it. <laughs> yeah. What was... uh? What was that when you played with Henry Black? Um, so it was Henry Wade and then his June Brothers. He changed his name. But... Oh, yeah, there's a dude named Henry Black who lives here in Brooklyn, my bad. Oh. Uh, Henry Wade and then the June Brothers was was like when it be turned into the band. Yeah, um, yeah. How long were you all together? I don't know, maybe three years. Okay. Two, three years. I remember was... playing with you all in Provo at some point. Yeah, probably, yeah. I think that was like the earliest show I played with you guys. Yeah. Um, that was that was a fun band and also an awful band. Yeah, <laughs> lots of bad but, stories, but lots of good stories. Seems like everyone was like pretty young and and like new to the whole thing, and so you know, there's like you have this like we sometimes people have this weird disillusionment of what it means to be in a band, and uh, I was definitely that way when I was nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Uh, you know, probably even further into my 20s. Uh, but um, I imagine it was, I don't know, tell me a little bit more about that. You don't have to like tell names or get it into details. I'm not trying to get like some scoop on people from the old music scene, but like, what did you learn from that band? Well, so it's funny you say that because um, they they weren't very young, most of okay. them. Like, I don't know if I should say names. I don't. No one's gonna listen to this. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> like, because uh-huh. um, but like we had like a backup singer, and she was like twenty one. Like she was young. Uh-huh. But I mean, I was like twenty five. The the bassist was like forty. We were like, dude, what the? And it was like, what have you done with your life? He's like, well, uh, I work at the library, and I was like, oh shoot, like, nice. And it was just like. Okay. Um, and, but I kept, I, I, anyway, so he was like 40, the lead singer, guitar player, he was in his 30s. I'm not sure how old he was, but he was in his 30s, maybe really? mid 30s. Yeah. And then the other guitarist was like my age. Um, but the thing was, that, and this is what was so hard about the band was that like, I had experienced a lot of the stuff and I knew a lot of bands and I had an idea of how things should go. And they like always pushed back against it. And really? I was like, like, I don't know everything, guys, but it was like, I think I know more than you, or at least sometimes I know more than you, you know? Totally. And so I would be like, I think we should play like some covers. And they'd be like, uh, no, we're not playing covers. I was like, okay, but if we're going to play three hours of music, <laughs> I think people want covers. They were like not feeling it. And then lo and behold, they started playing covers because they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea, you know? And But they were also really, 
well, the singer was really talented and the other girl singer was super talented. And like, there was a lot of great things we had going that I've never been in a band like that where it like, it wasn't like we were amazingly talented, but like people really liked what we were doing. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, sometimes a group of people vibe really well. And, you know, it's like the Ramones never got great at playing their instruments, but the they're the fucking Ramones, you know, like uh, yeah. it's, it's like sometimes people just vibe really, really well together. And uh, yeah, I remember enjoying what y'all did. And, um, but it can be really frustrating when you're the one that's kind of been around the block and you, you're like, no, this is like actually how it works. Like, I know you think that this is how it works, but it's not. And uh, it can it can be really frustrating, um, especially because I think we're we always feel like we're like there's like this weird thing, at least for me, which I kind of got over, you know, as soon as I started getting into my middle 30s or whatnot, because it's like, well, you kind of got to accept that time just is going to keep marching on or whatnot. But like you think that you have to be young to get to a certain level of success in the music industry, or at least I kind of had this weird thing in my head that that was like oh I got to do this by the time I'm 30 or else it's not going to happen and you know I'm like Mm -hmm. 35 now and I'm like I have no plans on stopping or doing anything else you know uh and um I don't know I guess like it's hard to wait around for your bandmates or for people that you're trying to do this thing with when they're gonna like you're like I've already made those mistakes we could like skip that if you just yeah. would listen to me, you know, yes. and yes. not that I'm right about everything, you know, and I'm always <laughs> open to new ideas, but it's, it can be really frustrating sometimes to be working with people that like, you're like, that's just not really, that's not realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It was so, it was so frustrating. <laughs> and there was a, anyway, it was a toxic environment uh, and it, 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 uh, it kind of ended in a dumpster fire and which is disappointing because there were some killer songs and some killer stuff and, I mean, that's every band, you know, I bring this up on the podcast a lot, but uh, you remember that movie, that thing you do, the Tom Hanks produced movie from the nineties about the band from the sixties that blows up with that song, that thing you do. Have you ever seen that movie? I'm not sure, but I know I've heard of it. Oh, it's, it was like one of my favorites when I was a kid. And uh, um, at a certain point, the drummer, like the band is like, the band hasn't, um spoiler alert the band hasn't broken up yet and so uh and the drummer ends up like meeting like one of his hero uh jazz players and they they end up like talking and whatnot and he's talking about how the band's only been together for a few months and that they're like really solid so yeah we've only been together for like three months and then the old jazz dude um is like yeah you know some bands i'm i've been in that's three months too long you know it's like and he it's like it's kind of this this wisdom of like you know if you want to play music you just got to keep playing music but it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to work with the same people you play music with you know it's like and and i mean no offense to the people i played music or it's just like don't don't go crying over spilled milk you know i guess it's like uh i don't know (laughs) does that any of that make any sense i'm not sure what you're saying sorry oh it's just like it's like bands just break up you know like you gotta it's like that's just Uh, that's just how it is you know uh and i don't know i guess yeah i mean i I was when they called me and they're like we go to talk and i was like sweet i'm out like i was pretty bummed i was pretty i was pretty excited at that point but i don't know i just i could have done without the manipulativeness of one of the members who tried to just get everything they could get and just kind of tore the everyone apart so i, I could have done without that but it was yeah. fun yeah i'm happy I, mean, I, I went through it 
totally that's how you know sometimes unfortunately people who play music are sometimes the best people on the planet and sometimes the worst uh you know and it you know shades of gray life's not so black and white but um what what happened next you know like i don't want to get too caught up on your previous band what is that when you were like okay i'm gonna go solo i'm gonna do this thing so it's actually kind of a, a big point in my life i um at that time i i had a recording studio downtown and i was trying to make a go at like running the studio uh-huh. and um i was like i'm gonna find another band to be your drummer uh this is gonna be gonna be my thing this is what i'm gonna do and um i had a really rough patch um when i found out that we were pregnant with our first kid which is terrifying of course yeah um and then i was under a lot of stress and i actually got that's when i got diagnosed with crohn's disease and i had a pretty awful bout in the hospital oh damn so it was pretty messed up actually i haven't thought about that in a while um i didn't know about that yeah it it was pretty rough i'm i'm really lucky uh if anybody knows anything about Crohn's, it can be really bad. Um, I'm I'm like totally fine. Like I can't have too much fried chicken. That's kind of where I'm at. So I'm good. Okay. Well, that's like, good. Legit. Some people like lose their entire intestines and have to walk around with a colonoscopy bag and can't eat anything. And it's bad. It can be bad. So I'm really lucky, but that doesn't mean that like the healthcare system didn't screw me over. Like um, I, I'm lucky. My medication now is only a hundred dollars a month. It used to be $600 a month. Holy shit. So like <laughs> I got through it. I'm so lucky. So every time I go to fill my prescription, the pharmacist always looked at me like, oh, um, I'm sorry. Do you know how much this is? I'm like, how much is it? They're like, oh, for three months, it's like 320. I'm like, oh, sweet. It's on sale. They're like, what? <laughs> like, so uh, anyway, Damn, so I went that's, through. That's rough. It was, it was <clears throat> rough. How, um, what, how did, I mean, if you don't mind digging in a little deeper, like how did that go down? Like did did you you know you ended up in the hospital for a little bit like uh i don't know you talk about that experience a little bit more unless you don't want to share which is totally fine it's up to you oh i don't know i was only in the hospital for 24 hours which is still you know it was still like a ten thousand dollar bill but you know um i mean it was pretty it was i don't know it was pretty miserable i don't know i'm trying to think what's tmi for those squeamish people i don't know if that's squeamish i'm a squeamish person it wasn't squeamish for me but well i guess uh just talk a little bit about like what it was like to be diagnosed with a with a chronic illness you know like like what was going through your Oof. head and and you know and like how um you know how how the you said you got screwed by the healthcare system like you know maybe shed some light on that a little bit Oh boy, how much how much time we got here? <laughs> uh let's see. Um sorry, what was that that first question you had? Well, just like what you know, what was going through your head or what it was like to oh, be yeah. diagnosed with a chronic illness. So yeah, it was terrifying because um I growing up, I I like never got sick, you know. I was that uh-huh. kid who like didn't miss day of school. Um I've always had pretty good health. I somehow maintain being skinny (laughs) like not super skinny but you know i'm still a little skinnier um i always had great health and like i i knew that like health insurance was like kind of a Uh ripoff um but i was also like well luckily i'm healthy so i'm fine and then you know this is like out of nowhere basically it's not it's not something i did to myself i didn't like it's not from alcoholism or from 
some cancer causing bacteria I ingested. Like it's just, it's your immune system is like, Hey, see that tensions? Fuck the intestines. Like, yeah, they're that's what like it's go like. After it. Yeah. And just like, Oh, thanks. And so, and it's, it does, it does run in my family, which my mom didn't tell me. Thanks mom. Oh, but, dang. Like, oh yeah. Anyway. Um, so I felt pretty like terrible because like, I the I remember the doctor telling me like you might not be able to travel because like you might need to be near a toilet you know often. Oh dang! And I was like, okay, there goes my entire music career. Like, I was pretty like, not only was it like this is so unfair. Like, I didn't do this. I don't deserve this. But I don't deserve this ten thousand dollar bill. I don't deserve this six hundred dollar medication. Yeah. And then I don't deserve the fact that I can't travel anymore. And I was just like. I was pretty, I was pretty upset and like, um, it was, it was pretty rough. I ended up, uh, um, getting two jobs. So I was like working part-time at two different jobs, like six days a week, um, to help like pay for the kid and to like pay for the medication, to like pay down the doctor, the bills. And we had like bought a house and like, I, I like almost gave up at that point. I was pretty, I was pretty pissed off and it was, it was, it was, it wasn't a good time wasn't yeah. a good time. Um, but it was also the time where uh, one time, like I needed money. And so before I got the two jobs, I like went to the local farmer's market and I was like, you know, I can play guitar. Let me get a kick drum and a foot tambourine and let's see if I can make a couple bucks. And yeah. uh, that's when I started being like, oh, okay. I'm actually pretty decent at this. Like I'm not so bad. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of the things turned. And then after about almost a year of doing that, working two jobs, six days a week, I was like, is there a way that I, cause I'm working, I'm, I'm making like $10 an hour. It's like, is there yeah. a way that I can like make this kind of money at gigs? And that's kind of what broke me free from that. And I started playing gigs and making more money, but I wasn't gone six days a week. And uh, it was mostly playing guitar and things like that. So that's uh -huh. kind of what led to that. So this all happened around the time you were starting the studio and you had bought that house. I remember you being in that house. Yeah. Um, and you, and so that's when you started like busking and started playing more gigs is uh, around this time. Uh, it was like the, like a little before, but yeah, a little that's before when that. I started okay. um, busking and yeah, that's a, I mean, it is, I feel like there's two different types of musicians in a way. Like there's ones that like can afford to be picky with the shows they play because they don't need the money. And then mm -hmm. there's ones that need the money and just have to play every show or, or like have to have a show that pays them some money or whatnot. And, um, and it's, it's just like an interesting different dichotomy. Cause like some people have completely different approaches to music, but like, I really, really, I've always been um, impressed with your, your work ethic and that you're always trying to like be playing shows and being out on the road and, and helping provide for your family through making money, playing music. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's an impressive thing that, that I've seen you do for a long time now. <clears throat> yeah. Well <laughs> now I'm going to be working, a, I'm going to be working a full-time job. So I'm going to be doing the other thing, which is taking the gigs I want to take, but yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a different thing, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, Yeah. but freaking healthcare, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's rough. My my girlfriend, she's she's got to have health care, and like she could probably survive as like a freelance writer if uh, she didn't need the health care. But uh, she works a, a job that she doesn't really like and doesn't make enough money for the work she does because of it. Um, and uh, um, it's just like you just see kind of how much of a scam it is, and uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've like always like, it's like a weird, like the only, one of the only things I've had going for me is, is my health in a, in a way, not one of the only things, but you know, like, it's like, I've been able to not have health insurance for so long. Um, and so that's like a, like a lucky privilege thing that I've weirdly been able to do. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's messed up. This country's super messed up and I don't want to get too into it because I'll just go off. But, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with. Um, but it, I mean, I, what would you like going into the, having the full-time job and whatnot and being able to be more picky about the gigs and things like that? Um, like what's your mindset going into that? Um, my, it's, sorry. it's tough, but part of my mindset right now is like, I want to do like a tour every six months. Uh-huh. And, uh, even if some of those shows are, are stupid, I want to do it. Like I want to do a tour every six months, just have fun. Um, and, and just try to take those that seriously in that respect and like write good songs. And I'm hoping if my, if this job sticks around, like I'll be able to be like, you know what, let's pay my musicians more because like, even though I'm not going to make a lot of money on this tour, it's fine. Cause I'm getting vacation time or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and like, Hey, let's pay these guys to play on my record. And I'm kind of hoping to just have fun with that. And if something happens, something happens. If not, I'm paying, you know, local musicians what they deserve. So. Totally. No, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, I mean, that's commendable and that's what people need to be trying to do is, uh, oh, yes. um, Gosh. it's always, it's hard because like, you know, we, there's not a lot of money in the ecosystem because all the people that are controlling it or that own the businesses and whatnot or the, and have the gigs. Um, it's just kind of a limited resource, I guess. And so, it can so then it kind of turns us against each other sometimes or or people aren't really yeah um i don't know <laughs> it's going to be an interesting thing for you to see how you do with that cuz like you've always done so much with for lack of a better term so little you know you've always been so you put on such a great show when when it's just you cuz you've got the kick drum and the the one man band thing and uh and it's and like there's obvious like ross talent and like also like really honed skills that you've like you've you've put a lot of work into you know and so it's gonna be really cool to see how that vision grows when you're able when you're like you know forced to kind of be more deliberate because you have less time for it yeah you know i'm I'm really curious yeah i am too it's uh um you know it's like when one door closes a few more open you know what i mean like you're i think you're gonna because knowing you the way the way I think I do is like those tours are going to be more deliberate and you're going to, you're going to be better about promoting each show because it's like, cause it's less overall work. You know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. and, and you can be, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's, um, I'm excited to talk to you in like six months or a year and see, see how you're feeling about all of it. You know? Yeah. It's either, 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 either go really well or like, I'll wake up three years from now, like, and be like, Oh, what just happened? I haven't played guitar in six years. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be one or the other, I think. So totally. Well, um, I don't think it's going to be the second, but we'll see. 
Well, I think you, the, the important thing to remember is like, ultimately you make that decision, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like, and obviously like family comes first and there's all these other priorities, but like, I think it's really an important thing for us as individuals to maintain our individual individualism, you know what I mean? And, and for you to be able to carve out time for you to do that thing, if that's what you want to do, you know, um, I think that's just like a healthy way for us to treat ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to realize that it's not the fact that you can, that you don't have a day job and you can play guitar all the time that makes you a good musician. Like, that's not what it is. Like, it's the fact that you just have to dedicate yourself to it in the right way. Um, you can have a day job and you can be a great musician and things like that. So I was always terrified I'd get a day job and like, I'd wake up 10 years from now in some trashy nineties cover band where we're playing like stupid songs and we're all terrible musicians, you know? And like, that's just, that's, that's my choice. It's not someone else's choice. It's my choice. Yeah, totally. And I mean, and you could also be in um, like, um, I don't know, you could also be 10 years from now, like having quit your day job because you wrote the right song, you know, like you yeah. and I both know it's like, what's crazy is, um, you know, and I think you already have some bangers in there that like with, with the right money and the right um, people behind it would have would have propelled you to another level but it's so hard you know you and I both know it's just like like figuring that that equation out is just so hard and it's sometimes it's so much just has to do with luck and whatnot and uh and it's like um you know you you can sit there and like be upset or complain about that specific thing but it's like or you can try and appreciate what you do have or what you are working with I guess you know uh, it's like the tenets of Buddhism of like, like suffering is, is like a choice and uh, you can just surrender to things. Um, oh, at cool. least that's the goal, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, sorry. I'm just rambling. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, what have you, like, what have you learned about balancing having a family and like having, uh, and having a music career and like, uh, um, you know, how, what have you yeah like what lessons have you learned and what are you trying to um or how are you trying to balance that um well uh let's see we don't have a lot of time so if i didn't have like i got like a meeting i have to jump on so otherwise okay. i we could keep tatting but uh gosh the big thing for me is just we just communication we need to compromise um there have been a lot of like with the touring with the june brothers uh my wife was like hey I'm glad you're having fun, but like, we need money, you know? Yeah. And so when I went on tours, I was like, we'll make money. And then she needs like, like, we need more money. And like the musicians are like, Hey, we need more money. I'm like, okay, we're going to make more money. And like, so a lot of that communication was really helpful because it was like, we, we all need different things from the relationship and uh -huh. uh, we need to communicate that. And so when she said, I need more money, it's like, let's figure this out. Can we make more money? And how do we do that? And um, so communication is, I think a big one for sure. It also helps when someone is like chill with you leaving. I don't know. Some people just aren't chill with that. Like totally. So yeah. Yeah. So well, that's cool. I think uh, I think communication's such a valuable thing in every single relationship, whether it's like a partnership or a marriage or like a friendship or a business relationship. Communication is yeah. Absolutely or like your bandmates. Yeah. Yeah. Same totally. Thing. Bandmates. It's it's something I'm learning a lot with this new band that I'm, you know, that we're working on is is communicating around creative ideas and around uh you know schedules and egos and and other projects and whatnot um and it's all about just communicating yeah um you said you have a meeting to get on is that like really soon yeah it was at 7 30 
So oh shoot, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't want to like cut off the. It's been a. It's it's been fun. I want to keep talking, but yeah, we'll we'll have you on again soon. Sorry, you should get to your meeting. I didn't realize uh, it was starting then. Oh. Um, <laughs> but do you have any shows that you're coming up that you want to tell anyone about, or anything you want to plug real quick? Just yeah, Columbia Jones and the Harpoons on Spotify and all that stuff. I'm I'm working with other musicians on that record was or that EP was just killer. Like totally brought a whole new life to the songs, and um, I'm like really proud of that. And then we'll be doing a tour in May through like Idaho and Colorado and um, Utah. So yeah, check it out. Check out the music video for Carnival that was shot by my brother. It's great, great video. Very expensive cool. to do it, put it together, but <laughs> yeah, he's he's great when he when I can afford him. Well, yeah, check out Columbia Jones and the Harpoons on Spotify. And Columbia's also got like an extensive catalog of just solo music under Columbia Jones. So check that out as well. Thanks so much, dude. Get to your meeting and we'll have you on again sometime soon. Let me know anytime you want to come on. We'll finish this conversation. Yeah, sure. Cool. Take care, Thanks, dude. Man. See ya. One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana. The host asked me if I had a nickname Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King She said on the air I started giggling Hasn't had me back but now I've got this podcast Welcome to my podcast